It's what I call a passion project. For me, it's when a project uh, has these different components like real estate, community, and art, where it comes together and it makes placemaking. Welcome to People Who Perform, the Real Estate Careers Podcast. Each episode will bring you conversations from business leaders and up and coming stars in the commercial real estate industry in Canada. Our guests will share their unique career journeys, passions, and advice on what it takes to be successful in this industry. This podcast is brought to you by Highview Partners, connecting people who perform in Canadian real estate. In this episode of the People Who Perform podcast, Nicola connects with Michelle Hunt. Michelle is an asset specialist in the facility maintenance division at Walmart Canada. She is responsible for the operations, budgets, and the maintenance and repair of the waste and recycling portfolio for all the stores across Canada and supports Walmart's sustainability goals such as zero waste by 2025. She has six years of facility management experience, beginning her career as an assistant facility manager at one of Toronto's busiest transportation hubs in the heart of the city at Bay and Dundas, the Toronto Coach Terminal. Michelle is a University of Toronto graduate with an honors degree in economics and philosophy. She holds her facility management professional designation from the International Facility Management Association. She is a Crew Network Foundation Director and the Chair of the Inclusion, Diversity, Equity and Allyship Committee at Toronto Crew. She is also the recipient of Toronto Crew's 2020 Rising Star Award. Well, a very warm welcome to you, Michelle. It's uh, great to have you here today, and we're always very excited to have up-and-coming stars as guests, so I'm really interested in hearing your story today. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm really excited. So what attracted you to the real estate industry, Michelle? I would have to say that curiosity led me to real estate. Um, I realized that I was always inspired by design, intrigued by building systems and operations, fascinated by infrastructure, and uh, passionate about placemaking. So I stayed curious about what excites me, and I leaned into it. Then I discovered real estate. And, you know, what I like about it is that it has all of these components and more. When I was working at, as a manager at Global Knowledge, I was running an IT training facility and uh, they offered professional courses uh, and, cert- and certifications in different types of um, software like Microsoft, uh, VMware, Cisco, Avaya. And um, the training was actually held in the Simpson Tower, which is at Bay and Queen. And it was like such an interesting building. So. Um, I learned a lot about building operations and property management just by observing, asking a lot of questions, interacting with the operators and the uh, property administrative staff. Uh, And I started to learn a lot uh, over the three years that I worked there. And in that capacity, you would have been the tenant sort of observing those that worked Mm -hmm. for the management firm. Exactly. So just from the tenant perspective, learning about, for instance, HVAC through our experience of it being too hot, what does that mean? And how did that impact our tenant experience impacted and how it interrelated with the whole building as as a whole? Yeah. So basically, I thought that managing an office building would be fun and challenging. 
Uh, I enjoyed connecting with actually the building. There was times where I would hear the elevator go off and people would ask me like, how do you, like, how did you know someone arrived, right? Um, so just like knowing the ins and outs of the building and like, for instance, getting to, you know, the loading dock, you know, the Simpson Towers is a labyrinth underneath there. So it was just like fun things about that that I would learn as being a tenant and working in the building. And I thought, you know, this is, this is interesting. I could probably do something like this. Well, property management must be in your blood because a lot of people, when they work um, in a in an office or, or in any kind of facility, they don't think about what's going on behind the walls or in the roof or, um, you know, under the floors. So you must have sort of like a, a natural propensity to um, for an interest in that. Yeah, so th- exactly. So when they took me to the mechanical floor, I was like, this is so cool. It was the first time I'd ever seen anything like that. So um, it was fun learning. And I was just kind of led me to understand that there is more out there for me. And what I was doing at Global Knowledge as a as a manager running that facility, I thought that there was lots of transferable skills. So I thought, you know what, I, I could do that, you know, just, you know, looking at what I was doing with scheduling and planning. You know, there's a lot of that when they have to change over from winter to spring, right? So there's all these different um, operations that they have to manage and schedule, or even the logistics and technology when I had to match, you know, the delivery of the course with the equipment it was running on and reserve equipment, you know, that could relate to something like telecommunications, which I got to know a lot about, and also different IT um, infrastructure through working at Global Knowledge, like exposed me to all of that. Um, And then there was that client service, you know, delivering a seamless experience for the students, the clients that were coming. And I could see that relating to the landlord and tenant experience. So there was, I thought, a lot of transferable skills that I could use. Absolutely. And it's laid a great foundation for what you've built on now. Now, in terms of education, how important has it been in getting you where you are now? You know, since I don't have a conventional real estate work history or background, uh, I believe leveraging education is key. I think that when I obtained my facility management professional designation from IFMA in 2017 was pivotal in breaking into the industry because it also helped support the three years of work experience that I already had from working at the bus terminal, which was my first um, job that I got uh, after I left Global Knowledge, uh, I, I landed there, so. And it also gives you that extra credibility, doesn't it? Yes, exactly, right? So you've got the experience, now you're shoring it up with some education, further cementing that path down building that real estate career. Even looking back at my undergraduate degree in economics and philosophy has helped me get here. Uh, it gives me that business business perspective and the ability to understand uh, complex ideas allows me to think critically and problem solve creatively. So that's why I think it really also supports why I like real estate, why I like FM, uh, facilities management. Uh, all of that kind of puts together, supports one another and helps me, you know, really have a good foundation in FM or in, in real estate, even though I don't have the traditional work history. And is there any other sort of qualifications that you're thinking of obtaining in the future? Yeah, I'm actually looking at the Six Sigma certification. What really appeals to me is that lean process, looking at how to improve and drive efficiency, learning about best practices. 
I'm also considering uh, the Real Property Administrator by BOMAI uh, as a possibility, furthering that asset management business, um, you know, concepts and principles of running a property. I think it will help me further and deepen my understanding and knowledge. And just result in you being more well-rounded. Now, have, how have you invested in yourself and continued to learn and grow over the last six years? I always take the opportunity to invest in myself because I think it's vital for my career advancement and professional development. Um, mentorship has been a positive learning experience. It's also been influential in my professional development. I started in a mentorship program referred to by Pauline Larson. Uh, she works at the downtown uh, BIA and she's a, the economic uh, manager there. And uh, we met uh, when I was working at the bus terminal and she said that I would be a great candidate for this mentorship program that was put on by Toronto Crew. And I applied, they accepted me, and uh, I had a great experience. I had a mentor who was an architect at Gensler, and she was a great cheerleader. She provided thoughtful career advice, also great insights into the industry that I was not exposed to. And um, all of that support was so invaluable at the beginning of my career. You know, being a part of Toronto Crew and Crew, they have this way of bringing you into uh, current events, uh, providing you access to industry information. Uh, it's really helped me grow my knowledge, and it's just a great resource for me to tap into. And and you you've also done some volunteering there, haven't you? Yes, actually, I I also leaned in when I joined Toronto Crew, and I joined the Real Jobs Day Committee. And it's been a fulfilling and rewarding experience. It's a day jam-packed with activities related to real estate. And we want to inspire girls to consider careers in real estate. So every year, we invite about 100, 125 grade 11 and 12 uh, female students to join us at Ryerson. And uh, it's an event that's been going on for over 15 years. The number of people that get into real estate after those events, it, does, that, does that get tracked? We're working on tracking it, but we know it happens from word of mouth that girls that attend uh, the, the real jobs, they do and uh, end up, for example, in the Ryerson University's program for real estate. So there has been a connection and now we're gonna start to really look at how to track that and showcase that, um, how we are trying to inspire young women to have careers in real estate. Absolutely, I think it's an amazing program. And I think that inspiring people to step into the industry and just making them aware of the viability of that career path, because it doesn't really matter what your skills or your talents or your interests or your education, because there's something for everybody within real estate, depending on which avenue you know you wish to go down. So I think, um, yeah, just building awareness and providing options, college students and university students students is half the battle. Yeah, it's definitely put me to the test. Um, one of the first skills that I really ended up working on is my public speaking and presentation skills by participating in a panel, um, you know, talking in front of 100 
uh, teenagers. Uh, it was still really nerve-wracking for my first public speaking appearance, but um, it was fantastic. It's moderated by Tony Rossi from the Infrastructure Ontario, and um, you know, really gave me some confidence about uh, speaking to a large audience. It's also given me the ability to showcase my tech-savvy skills by creating infographics for the event. And now we're actually taking the day uh, virtually, you know, due to COVID. And so we're going to be delivering it on Zoom with some interactive components to engage the audience, which presents new challenges and hopefully some new successes. So right now, Michelle, you are an asset specialist working for Walmart. So can you share what it is you enjoy about your job and working for Walmart? Yeah, what I enjoy most about my current job is expanding my knowledge of facilities maintenance and of real estate. I get to see how, which I call FM, facilities management, how FM services are delivered in another format and also how the principles of FM adapt you know, from size and scale. Now at Walmart, I'm responsible for a specialized category of FM services for all the stores across Canada. So it makes me appreciate the micro and macro levels of operations. Also, I would say that the role has given me opportunities to explore and leverage the use of technology and how data and technology can drive, uh, drive efficiencies and business decisions. I'm always volunteering uh, for any opportunity to learn something tech or tech related by learning new software systems or data analysis techniques, um, custom reporting, or even building an intranet site. Um, those are kinds of things that I always try to put up my hand and volunteer for. I'm always looking for how to adapt tech-based solutions. Now, in terms of advancements in technology, how have they changed the way you go about your work? Yeah, technology has provided me with the ability to work remotely, which is fantastic, that flex schedule. Technology has also uh, helped automate some manual tasks. So using less paper, which is, is really interesting and, and good, obviously, for uh, the planet as well, gives you some more free time, which I do appreciate when you get to automate some of these tasks. But as a result, you're using, or I'm using, more software systems to execute and monitor operations. I would also say that technology has changed my perception of what data is available or how to get data or change the expectation of having data with ease. You know, so you start to say, well, why don't I have that? Or how come we don't have this information? So more questions like that I, I notice popping up as it relates to technology and how the ease of information should be accessible or available. But I also notice that for me, I'm asking more probative questions, more complex questions as we get to have synergies or links like APIs between different software systems, we can start to see how different activities or costs are related to um, different activities. You start to see some more um, interconnectedness between activities. So you start to ask just more deeper questions and want to drill down to get the answer 
or find out more information. And what I do like about technology and its ability to enhance accountability. So what I mean by that is it brings this layer of transparency because you can trace it, it's trackable. And then you can start to say, okay, it started here, it ended here. Um, and, and start to really see you know, who was responsible for what and, and how that unfolded. So that layer of wanting that transparency so you can make better decisions, you can look at drops in services. Um, that's the other thing that I really um, see with the advancements of technology in my role. Now, I know that you are quite early on in your career, even though you've had some great experiences, but what's been the highlight so far? It's what I call a passion project. For me, it's when a project uh, has these different components like real estate, community, and art, where it comes together and it makes placemaking. At the bus terminal, I had the opportunity to initiate a mural painting on the wall of the arrivals terminal on Elizabeth Street. This wall would continuously get tagged, graffitied, and we would always get infractions and citations from the city of Toronto. So I saw um, STEPS initiatives. So I reached out to them and they are a Toronto-based cultural organization and they facilitate public artworks and they manage the project as well with you. And uh, they were able to connect with the YMCA Elm Center across the street from the arrivals terminal and they got the residents to help to paint the mural. So it just puts a smile on your face. It gives you that good experience and contribution, I guess, to the community. But also it's an example of how human experiences relate to real estate and how there are duality in solutions or multiplicity of solutions that can help with addressing the issue. This wall is, for me, an example of beautification of urbanization but it's also a cost mitigation tactic. So it, it does two things at once, but then it's got this third element where it brings a sense of pride and value to the space. I see it as reframing the problem, seeing that it serves the community and it constructs a resolution that addresses the problem in a creative way. And it's not just a building or a wall. I mean, it's about shaping the context of how we live and how we experience spaces. Um, you know, real estate clearly impacts the places that we work, you know, where we live and where we play. Um, and it just makes it more special. And it sort of serves as a function where the community feels um, a bit more harmonized. Would you like to join a community dedicated to empowering women to excel, influence and lead throughout their commercial real estate careers? At Highview Partners, we are proud sponsors of Toronto Crew. Part of the Global Crew Network, their members are key decision makers of some of the most influential corporations in Canada. With their quality programming, events and professional networking, Toronto Crew is a great place to grow your career and gain support from your peers. To learn more about the organization and how you can become a member, visit torontocrew.org. So let's talk a little bit more now about your passion. Um, so I'd like to ask you what drives your best performance at work? What drives my best performance at work? That's a really good question. I would say my thirst for knowledge. Um, I just always want to put my hand up and learn something new. And um, if whatever I'm working on is aligned with 
whatever my passions are, um, that's when I'm at my best. What steps did you take to discover your passions? I decided to fully lean into my inner nerd unapologetically. I just did some self-reflection and I just found out what I enjoyed doing, even if it was an event that I saw or there was an opportunity to volunteer or even a TV show. I just did it. I just fully leaned in. Another um, great way to discover my passions is listening to my mentors. Uh, They provided some great insights, some great guidance, and they understand my state of mind, my standard operating mode, um, my aspirations, my potential, and they see things that I don't even see. So I think it's just a reminder to seek out mentors because they can see things about you that you don't necessarily see yourself and can take you to places that maybe you didn't know that you'd be able to go. Absolutely. Now, in terms of your role in the industry, what impact would you like to create? I would just like to inspire young women, especially women of color, to pursue careers in commercial real estate. Uh, I try with uh, Real Jobs Day, and uh, it's a day where we focus on you know, possible careers. We try to open their minds. We try to showcase different careers and different women in the industry. And then another way that I'd like to make an impact is through my work with Toronto Crew. Um, we're working on a comprehensive DNI um, diversity and inclusion initiative, which is a five-prong approach. It's pretty ambitious. And we're trying to foster an inclusive culture, uh, diversify the membership. We're trying to build a pipeline for the next generation of BIPOC and LGBTQ plus talent. Um, We want to make sure that these communities can thrive and we want to support them at a grassroots level. The reason why this is so important to me is because real estate influences the way we work, how we live, and how we play. I think all women should be integral in shaping those places, and we need to be a part of those conversations and funding and operating those places. Wonderful. I mean, I think all women should be integral in shaping these spaces, and uh, all of us need to be a part of the conversations to design, fund, and operate those places, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. You got it. Now, um, just going to get to know you a little bit more, Michelle. So as a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? (laughs) That's a great question. Um, What I was thinking about when I wanted to grow up was I wanted to be a businesswoman. But then when I moved into my first apartment, I was going through some old stuff and I found an elementary like report card or something that said that I wanted to be a writer. So that's kind of where I'm at. Now, when work and life gets out of balance, what steps are you taking to keep your body and mind in good working order? That's such a great question and such a timely question as well. I think that there's a couple of tools that I use. I'd say daily meditation, a bit of exercise, uh, even if it's 10 minutes or I go for a walk. um, And then the last piece is definitely laughter. Now, we've had quite a few conversations over the last few months, and you certainly seem to have a great sense of humor, and you clearly like to laugh a lot, and you have a good sort of joyful energy. How important is that in getting you through the tough days? 
Oh my gosh. Laughter is like so important. Humor is so important. Uh, spending quality time with family, friends, you know, even coworkers that can lighten the mood and just take your mind off um, whatever is stressing you out for a moment. That's really important to helping you getting through the tough times. Wonderful. So nice having that support. When you look back on your career one day, what impression would you like to leave people with? I would say that I would like people to remember me for giving my time, my passion, my creativity, and my integrity to the work that I've accomplished. I try to bring my best self and my uniqueness. And when I look back or when people look back, I hope that my work or this work that I've done has made a positive impact on the world. I hope that my accomplishments align with my values. And, and looking ahead to the next five years in your career, what sort of vision and goals have you set for yourself? In the next five years, I would definitely want to still stay in the intersection of facilities management, uh, sustainability, and technology. Those are the things that I really get excited about. So in five years, I hope I'm still working on that, still continuing on that quest to define you know, what that optimal site performance is, achieving that triple bottom line, you know, looking at how to define and measure that. I would say that I'm still open to opportunities uh, as the industry is so vast that there's so much you could possibly dig into. But um, I think that would be where I'd like to be in five years. Now, we always end up by asking people what pieces of advice they would give to somebody starting out in the real estate industry. So what would you share with somebody listening in today who is thinking about carving a career in real estate? I would say figuring out what you enjoy learning about real estate, what gives you a sense of accomplishment, and then lean in. And when you say lean in, Michelle, what's your interpretation of doing that? It could be finding someone within the industry that you could have a coffee chat with to find out more information. If it's something within your own company, maybe there's someone you can ask if you could shadow in on a drop in in a meeting or quietly listen in on a meeting. Opportunities to get exposed to that subject matter. I would also suggest obtaining an industry certification to help bolster your work history. I would also say if you're switching industries like I was, um, I would say have a good resume uh, to get you into that yes pile and to have an interview. And lastly, I would say expand your network. Um, coffee chats, industry events, professional associations, and volunteering. Well, Michelle, it's been an absolute pleasure having you with us today. I really appreciate your sincerity, the advice that you've given, and I wish you the very, very best of luck with your career. So thank you once again. Thank you for listening to People Who Perform, the Real Estate Careers podcast brought to you by Highview Partners, a talent search and recruitment firm focused exclusively on Canadian real estate. If your real estate team is looking to find the best next hire, or if you're ready to make the best next move in your career, then reach out to Highview Partners today. Follow us on LinkedIn and visit us at highviewpartners.ca.